Hey, what's up? Hey, friend, thanks for coming over tonight. It's a great night for a campfire. The fireflies are out in force this summer. They're so surreal, like God's little flying organic LEDs. Yeah, that's the bullfrogs down at the creek. They're out in force tonight after the nice summer shower we had today. I'm telling you, my friend, it's going to be a good one. As we begin today's podcast, I want to say that my heart is deeply grieved for the nation of Afghanistan. My heart is deeply grieved for the condition of our nation. I also want to affirm that God Almighty, the God of heaven and earth, the God of creation, is in full control of his planet, and his providential will is and will be carried out in spite of the wiles and the attacks and the nation nations and schemes of the devil. On with the podcast. Season 7, Episode 134, Title, Sir Paul McCartney. Subtitle, Will Confusion Be His Epitaph? As you read the title to this podcast, you may have asked yourself, Who is Sir Paul McCartney? Though Paul McCartney has been a part of my life all my life, I would say that the majority of the people on the planet no longer know who Paul McCartney is. So as I write this podcast, it is with an awareness that I am perhaps talking about someone you have never heard about or care anything about. Please stay with me because ultimately this podcast is not about Sir Paul McCartney. It's about us, you and me. As I go to my web browser to pull up the Wikipedia article on Paul McCartney's basic life facts, the first thing I notice in Google is that the entire page shown on the screen is all about the Paul McCartney, the rock musician I'm researching. I did some additional name searches of famous people, and Google does seem to give them the same treatment, where there is a much more elaborate presentation of the person than most searches uh, receive. And let me say that, of course, perhaps these prominent people pay for the placement. Google's advertising programs through AdWords and product promotion is robust. I click on the link to his website first, since it was the first offering on Google, and the first thing that happens is a pop-up launches that reads, The Lyrics, colon, 1956 to the present, out November 2nd. In this extraordinary book, with unparalleled candor, Paul recounts his life and art through the prism of 154 songs from all stages of his career. The info in the pop-up is case in point to what I'm here to talk about today. Paul McCartney is 79 years old. His last hit record was decades ago, yet he still makes on average tens of millions of pounds in income annually. He is a prolific songwriter, author, painter, musician, and media figure. All of this is very intentional and administered by a very savvy marketing team. He and his kids don't pilot his billion-dollar empire alone. The beginning tone of this podcast may have a slight tinge of animosity to it, which I don't intend at all. I am a big fan of Paul McCartney. I have a great appreciation for his obvious giftedness as an amazing artist who operates on so many levels. His social savvy, business savvy, musicianship are all amazing and if studied in detail could provide valuable lessons for us all. That doesn't mean I support his ethics or his lifestyle. Sir James Paul McCartney was born on June 18, 1942. He's an English singer, songwriter, musician, author, painter, and record and film producer who gained worldwide fame as co-lead vocalist co-songwriter and bassist for the Beatles. His songwriting partnership with John Lennon remains the most successful in history. After the group disbanded in 1970, he pursued a solo career 
and formed the band Wings with his first wife Linda and Denny Lane. McCartney is a self-taught multi-instrumentalist musician with a versatile and wide tenor vocal range spanning over four octaves. He began his career as a member of the Quarrymen in 1957, which evolved into the Beatles in 1960. Starting with the 1967 album Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, he gradually became the Beatles' de facto leader, providing the creative impetus for most of their music and film projects. His Beatles songs And I Love Her, released in 1964, Yesterday, 1965, Eleanor Rigby in 1966, and Blackbird in 1967 rank among the most covered songs in history. In 1970, McCartney debuted as a solo artist with his album McCartney. Throughout the 1970s, he led Wings, one of the most successful bands of the decade, with more than a dozen international top 10 singles and albums. McCartney resumed his solo career in 1980. Since 1989, he has toured consistently as a solo artist. McCartney is one of the most successful composers and performers of all time. He has written or co-written 32 songs that have topped the Billboard Hot 100 and as of 2009 had sales of 25.5 million certified units of record sales in the United States. His honors include two inductions into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the first time as a member of the Beatles in 1988, and a second induction in 1999 as a solo artist. He's been awarded 18 Grammys. He's an appointment as a member of the Order of the British Empire in 1965, and he was knighted in 1997 for services to music. As of 2020, he was one of the wealthiest musicians in the world, with an estimated fortune of 800 million pounds, which in U.S. dollars is $1,094,116,000. Friend, that's a lot of numbers and a lot of money. Not bad for a British kid from a working-class home born in the midst of World War II in a seaside port in an industrial town. Anyway, back to the pop-up. The lyrics, 1956 to the present, out November 2nd. In this extraordinary book, with unparalleled candor, Paul recounts his life and art through the prism of 154 songs from all stages of his career. There were a lot of years that Paul was not so front and center in the media in the way that he is today. The people who owned the catalog of Beatle music held the rights tightly and were slow to come to the table to allow the now 50-plus-year-old recordings to be streamed on platforms like Spotify. They almost held the catalog to the extinction of the brand. If the generations coming up don't hear your music, you cease to exist and your music catalog becomes basically worthless unless you start to sell off your intellectual property rights to advertise products like Gene Kelly's estate did back in 2005 when they struck a deal with Volkswagen and the film right holders to morph Kelly's classic screen performance Singing in the Rain to promote the new Volkswagen Golf GTI. But in recent years, there have been a plethora of Paul McCartney things hitting the social media from surprise band performances on late-night talk shows, subway platforms, personal interviews, all with a great interest to talk about the past, especially the Beatles. The new book is case in point to chronicle the thinking and stories that went into making the most iconic songs of his 60-year career. A few nights ago, I launched Hulu, and there Paul McCartney is with a Hulu-exclusive series called McCartney 321. In the Hulu series, the advertisement on Hulu's website for the six-part series reads, Paul McCartney sits down for a rare in-depth one-on-one with Rick Rubin to discuss his groundbreaking work with the Beatles, the emblematic 70s arena rock of wings. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. 
the emblematic 70s arena rock of wings and his 50 years and counting as a solo artist in this six-episode series that explores music and creativity in a unique and revelatory manner. Join Paul and Rick for an intimate conversation about the musicianship, songwriting, ingenuity, influences, and personal relationships that inform the iconic songs that have served as a soundtrack of our lives. End quote. All of this media blitz is leading up to the life-defining moment of the release of director Peter Jackson's new The Beatles documentary, which will debut over U.S. Thanksgiving weekend exclusively on streaming site Disney+. The six-hour epic, which features never-before-seen footage of the Fab Four, will air as three two-hour episodes over three days, beginning November 25th. Jackson has spent the past three years restoring and editing the footage for the Beatles' Get Back. That's the title of the show, The Beatles, colon, Get Back. For those who remember the Beatles, this will be a big deal. For the rest of the world, like those who are now suffering and dying in abandoned Afghanistan, the six-hour epic is less than meaningless. Terms like world-renowned regarding artists like Paul McCartney carry the same weight as calling the U.S. football team who wins the Super Bowl world champions. Gee, <laughs> there are only a couple of countries who play American football, so I guess the world renownment is pretty small in scope. You may be wondering why it appears I'm wandering on this podcast like a movie camera dolly shot encircling the main character. I applaud the talent and diligence of Paul McCartney and his quest to remain relevant on some level all the way into his 80s. But there is a point to it all. Paul McCartney, by most human standards, is at the end of his life expectancy. That is not to say he is going to die soon. Who knows? He may live to be 100. But the average British male's life expectancy is 81.26 years, about three years longer than the American male. The people left on the planet who care about his life and work are also on the outer edge of their life expectancies. So, with the famous Lord of the Rings movie director Peter Jackson's touch, you have the final hurrah for an era at the end of its life. The Beatles made rock and roll famous, but by all musicologists' standards, classic rock and roll is dead. The Foo Fighters are the last vestige of rock and roll that works, and they too are fighting masterfully under the talented Dave Grohl to stay relevant and known in a rapidly changing media and music landscape. Paul McCartney has never been a spiritual man by all public accounts. He gives some tip of his hat to transcendental meditation, which he was first exposed to in his encounter with the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, but he has never given an indication in a strong belief in God, Christ, or eternal things. He paid some dues early on in his pursuit of music and has been rewarded with financial success and a life of freedom and access that only a handful of people who have walked the planet ever achieved. And yet the question I ask, what will become of Paul McCartney in death? He is striving here while on this planet to be remembered as a master musician who left his mark on the planet, for which he hopes will be lasting. Yet, in the end, his mark on the earth, for whatever it is, is passing. As his former Beatle mate George Harrison once wrote in a song, all things must pass. As he shouts into the cave of eternity, remember me, with hopes the sound will echo back throughout the ages, all that will be heard from the cave of eternity is, remember who? Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, wrote in his book Ecclesiastes in chapter 1, verse 11, There is no remembrance of those who came before, and of those who will come after there will be no remembrance by those who follow them. 
And in the end, after pursuing immense wealth and knowledge, here is what Solomon concluded in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. He writes, When all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this, Fear God and keep His commands, because this is for all humanity. For God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. Of Sir Paul McCartney, blessed in this life beyond measure, I ask the question, Will confusion be your epitaph? Epitaph is the third track on British rock band King Crimson's debut album, In the Court of the Crimson King. I have included a link to the song in the show notes. It would do you well to listen to the song. It is written by co-founder, bass player, and lyricist Peter Sinfield and sung by band member Greg Lake. Lake would later go on a year later to leave the band and form the commercially successful band Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. It's interesting what was coursing through the minds of lyricists back in those days in the late 60s. Listen to the lyrics of Epitaph. The wall on which the prophets wrote is cracking at the seams. Upon the instruments of death the sunlight brightly gleams. When every man is torn apart with nightmares and with dreams, will no one lay the laurel wreath when silence drowns the screams? Confusion will be my epitaph as I crawl a cracked and broken path. If we make it, we can all sit back and laugh, but I fear tomorrow I'll be crying. Yes, I fear tomorrow I'll be crying. Friend, what a powerful line as I crawl a cracked and broken path. I ask you, does Paul McCartney's vast success and achievement stack up against the checklist of Almighty God? Does his lifetime pursuit of the arts and all of its manifestations measure up to God's list of what matters? That first of all, number one, to fear God, and number two, keep his commands, because this is for all humanity? Or in the end, will he find that he has crawled a cracked, and broken path that in the end will leave him crying. I can't answer the question for Paul McCartney, but I can ask the question of myself. The only way to meet God's expectations for a successful life that endures forever in heaven is through Jesus Christ. When we come face to face with Him in this life and surrender to Him as Lord and Savior, His life in us empowers us to live a life that respectfully, lovingly fears Him and keeps His commandments. I ask you, will confusion be your epitaph? Or, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, I thought I was finished with this podcast. I spent all day on it. I was tired. So I decided to stop, enjoy a nice home-cooked supper with my wife, and watch a little television. I could have gone back into the bungalow, that's what I call my office, and what I've called it for the past 26 years, but I decided not to. I had read this podcast to my wife, and she thought I hit the mark. Then I woke up early this morning and had this on my mind. I then thought back to my senior year in high school, the night of my graduation. Philip Voice, a guy I went to school with, was the one chosen to sing our class song. It was the Beatles' 20th and last U.S. number one song, The Long and Winding Road, from the Let It Be album. It really seems like yesterday. Friends, you may not be rich or famous, You may be really struggling right now, but I want to leave with you this hopeful thought. I'm thankful that Jesus Christ called me to salvation in him back when I was a kid. Instead of crawling a cracked and broken path, I've been following the path that leads to Jesus and his door, the door to an unfathomable home and riches beyond compare. The path, though crooked, steep, and treacherous, can be navigated safely and well by following the path illuminated by God's holy word, 
the Christian Bible. Psalm 119 verse 105 tells us that God's word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. God's word is the flashlight that will get you home safely. In case you don't have a Bible to read, the Beatles have already told you in their song, Rocky Raccoon, who you can turn to for help. Paul McCartney wrote, Rocky Raccoon went into his room only to find Gideon's Bible. You know, the fact that Paul McCartney wrote that song in 1968 gives me hope that just maybe, and all those nights spent in motels across the globe, he actually picked up that Gideon's Bible and read about salvation in Jesus. Look on the web for somebody who's connected with the Gideons, and they'll give you a Gideon's Bible for free. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.